the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. One hour from now, we'll talk with Josh Pick of Aptus Wealth Management in this era of inflation, ever increasing, it seems. Uh, should you adjust the amount of cash you keep on hand in an emergency fund? Because cash, if you hold it, is theoretically worth less this month than it was last month. But you should have an emergency fund. So we'll talk with Josh about that as we do our typical Money Monday segment to help you manage your money and firewall yourself against the policies of the Biden administration. Uh, I will have some numbers for you at about 11.48 today on the monkeypox outbreak. And do you need to be afraid of monkeypox? Depending upon your sexual habits and your uh, sexual preferences, you need to be very, very afraid of it. But if you are a faithful heterosexual, you need not fear it at all. I will give you the numbers that will bear that out and expose the lunacy of the World Health Organization declaring monkeypox a global emergency. It is not a global emergency. What is much more of an emergency here locally is the number of young people who are killing other people. And the story from NBC4I, their analysis shows that so far this year, Columbus police have charged 10 minors, that's under 18, 10 minors with murder. 10 in six and a half months. Last year, all of 2021, in a record year for murders in the city of Columbus, 11 minors were charged with murder in 12 months. So we are well ahead of that pace. I don't think you'll hear Andrew Ginther bragging about that the next time he goes to a place where someone has been shot and killed and the people who reside in that area are restless and want him to come and tell them what a fantastic job he's doing reducing violence in the city of Columbus. Uh, Of the 204 homicide investigations in 2021, just 5% of suspects were younger than 18. As of Friday, and we've had several since, The 77 homicides of 2022 have been committed by 11 juvenile suspects, 14%. That's almost three times the rate of last year. Could it be, could it be that the kids who start out doing minor crimes and then escalate to bigger crimes and then escalate to stealing cars advance to big boy crimes like drugs, prostitution, murder? Could that be? 
I think statistics show that that is a very distinct possibility and, in fact, a probability when you do nothing or very little to punish them. Kids are, cops say, laughing at them when they bust them for stealing cars and taking them to Franklin County Juvenile Detention Services. Kids are laughing at them, telling them, I will be out before the end of the day. And, in fact, they are out by the end of the day and a lot of times steal another car before the end of the day. From 2018 to 2021, under the leadership of Andrew Ginther, there has been a 71% increase in homicides in the city of Columbus. 71%. Now, one inventive explanation for this comes from Bernita Reese, who is the Columbus Director of Parks and Rec. Why do you think the murder rate is up among juveniles because of what? Drugs? Poverty? Lack of respect for cops? Defund the police movement? No, not according to Bernita. Bernita says problems posed by the COVID pandemic bruise the support systems in place for Columbus youth. Okay, I can buy this a little bit that when you lock people down, they get desperate and their sense of right and wrong gets skewed. Black youth account for 80% of juvenile homicide suspects in 2022. She says they were disproportionately impacted by the sting of COVID-19 because their internet access was reduced or they had more family members die of the virus than others. I don't know that I accept the link between a family member dying and you going out and shooting someone. That seems like a leap. Seems like a causal leap to me. Uh, This is what I mean when I say that the people in charge care more about the perpetrators of the violence than they do the victims of the violence. According to the Center for Disease Prevention and Control, black Americans are nearly two times as likely to die of and be hospitalized with COVID-19. And the Pew Research Center found that black households in the U.S. are less likely to own a computer or have high access or have access to high speed broadband. When it comes to the black community, they don't have the resources like suburban neighborhoods, like during COVID, like the Internet access. When schoolwork is being done, some parents had to work and the kids were left there to fend for themselves. I'll accept all that. But the 16 million dollars that Columbus has devoted toward youth violence prevention. It's not getting anywhere. The numbers show it's not getting anywhere. It's not effective. They would be much, because look, the rate of of minors being charged with murder has increased almost threefold from last year when we had a record murder total. Now, it should, if your $16 million is working, it should decline in a year where, according to your esteemed mayor, they are doing a much better job of preventing murders in the city because they are behind the pace of last year. So if the number of murders are going down and the number of minors committing those murders is tripling and you're spending $16 million to curb youth violence, I think it's pretty easy to say that your spending of $16 million to curb youth violence is a colossal failure like your administration, Andrew Ginther. What do they do with their $16 million? That would be a good thing to know, would it not? 
They endeavor to stop juvenile crime before it happens. Well, on that we are aligned. The Department of Parks and Recreation deploys intervention specialists in high crime areas to work directly with Columbus youth, providing everything from academic to anger management support and assistance with court cases to crisis intervention. Again, I'm I'm stuffed now with word salads. Now, there's no way to know if these programs are working at all because they could be preventing some deaths, and we have no way of knowing that because, of course, you never have a way of knowing about the deaths that don't happen. But according to the Parks and Recs lady, she says their counselors are out every day within the community, throughout the community, making sure that we are intervening prior to the violence and stopping as much as we can. Does it feel like that's working? Does it feel like that's working when you have a 15-year-old kid playing soccer on Friday night and a, and a gang happens upon he and his buddies doing nothing wrong but playing soccer, passing their time in a non-threatening way, and an argument ensues, and the 15-year-old gets shot and killed? It doesn't feel to me like it's working. Does it feel like it's working when a few weeks ago we had the 24-year-old woman shot and killed at a cooling center, at a parks, at a Columbus park, and her shooter was, what, 16 years old? And he was a kid who was involved in one of these very programs the city came up with. No, it doesn't feel like it's working when that kind of thing happens. And then I love this statement from the Parks and Rec lady. A 16-year-old who catches a homicide charge could very well throw his life away. Yes! Yes! Not very well. He did. He should. He has thrown his life away. Again, where's the sympathy for the victim? No, we're worried about the kid who did the shooting. We're not worried about the victim. Like, that statement tells you everything you need to know about the city of Columbus and who they are prioritizing. What is the one overwhelming shared mission of every single elected official, federal, state, local, federal, state, local, wherever you're elected to, what is the one thing you could pretty much put it on the top line? This is my job that the people have entrusted me with now that they have elected me to this office. And that job is protect the citizenry, protect the citizenry. And we got people here going, oh, you know, he's thrown his life away. Yes. Worry about the person whose life is gone. So Joe Biden apparently is uh, recovering from COVID. Joe Manchin now has COVID. Uh, I know which Joe I'm rooting for. (laughs) I'm rooting for both, but Manchin. Man, Joe Manchin's got to get well. If Joe Manchin doesn't get well... Oh, my goodness. Uh, That's going to be the end of the Supreme Court, the end of the filibuster, and the end of America as we know it. So, boy, get as much Paxlovid and uh, antivirals and everything as you can to Joe Manchin right now. Uh, You need not worry about monkeypox, though, if you are a heterosexual, faithful, or abstinent if you are not married. I know. I know. That's probably going to be taken off YouTube since I am denying the World Health Organization's declaration that monkeypox is a global health emergency. Uh, Dr. Ashish Jha, the White House COVID response coordinator, um, said that maybe this is something that uh, 
the United States might consider, uh, given the fact that, quote, a growing number of people are sickened by a once isolated virus. Well, when I have a medical question, I put a lot of faith in what uh, one of my friends who is a doctor of great accomplishment tells me. So I uh, was communicating with him about monkeypox. And he sent me several interesting pieces of data and some uh, stories that provided me some facts I think you'd be interested in. Uh, this is a study published last week in the New England Journal of Medicine. It's a pretty highly thought of journal. In a multinational survey of 528 monkeypox cases, so multinational, many countries, of 528 monkeypox cases, 16 countries, okay, over two months. How many people got monkeypox? All 528 were men, okay? 100%. How many of those men were gay or bisexual? 98%. How much of the monkeypox transmission was identified as happening through sexual contact. 95%. How many, what was the median number of sexual partners in the last three months? The median number, which means half above and half below. Five, okay? The range was three to 15 partners. Uh, 32% of those infected, Uh, had attended a, quote, sex-on-site event in the past month. 20% had participated in chemsex, which is sex while high on meth. Uh, Cases who also had a previous HIV diagnosis, 41%. So... Uh, It is being portrayed as monkeypox being something that affects the populace at large. It, from those numbers, does not appear to me to be something that would affect the populace at large. Um, A story in the New York Times said that one member of the New York City Public Health Department advocated a public declaration that gay men reduce their number of partners temporarily in order to reduce the cases of monkeypox, eliminate the issue so that they would not have to worry about it going forward. Uh, The suggestion was shot down by his colleagues due to concern that homosexuals having their sex lives dissected and prescribed and monitored by heterosexual people would be, of course, hateful and intolerant. So, this is an issue that no doubt will continue, no doubt will escalate because of the very habits and practices that have resulted in it becoming an issue in the first place. It is not something that should be hard to control. Also interesting that uh, New York City has uh, a vaccine announcement that they have, you know, they have vaccines available, but that they will only give vaccines to gay men. They will only give vaccines to gay men. So, you know, your 
like a lot of people panicked in the whole COVID pandemic throws and they wanted to go in and get vaccinated. And I'll, if, if, if one is good, I'll take two. If they're free, I'll take three, that kind of a thing. You can't get a monkeypox vaccine in New York unless you are gay. So what would that tell you? Or gay man. What would that tell you? That tells you that they believe it is a disease confined squarely to and only to gay men. So I'm just saying, if you are a heterosexual person and you are faithful and do not have myriad and multiple partners, it does not appear that you need to worry about monkeypox. Uh, Now, in the city of Columbus, I've talked about they want to declare gun violence a public health crisis. And they have a lot of young people getting shot and a lot of young people under 18 doing the shooting. Uh, But there is violence that the city is not concerned about eliminating. In fact, there is violence that the city is endeavoring to escalate. Columbus City Council's Women's Caucus announced Friday after this show ended that they will include $1 million to support abortion access in the city. Yes, Council Member Shayla Favor wants to provide a million dollars of taxpayer money to Planned Parenthood of Greater Ohio, Ohio Women's Alliance, and the Abortion Fund of Ohio to help with what she called financial barriers to abortion access and to provide reproductive health care education citywide. In other words, kill more innocent unborn children. The fund would be paid for, I love this, through the city's Reimagining Safety Front. Reimagining Safety. I would think if you're going to take this money and you're going to use it to kill more children, you need to reimagine your reimagining of safety. Because it's not very safe for those poor children in the womb for you to be coming after them with your needles and your poison and your dismemberment tools. Get this, too. Now, you would think when a law is on the books in the state of Ohio enacted by the General Assembly, which is empowered to do so by the voters, by you and me, you would think that your elected city officials would do everything that they can to obey said laws, would you? Ah, not in the case of Columbus City Council. The proposal will direct all city agencies to not share, not store, and not gather surveillance related to residencies, pregnancy outcomes, or reproductive health care procedures. In other words, if they know that somebody went into an abortion clinic and got an abortion in violation of Ohio's heartbeat bill, they are going to do everything they can to keep that information away from law enforcement and to hinder prosecution. That is how Democrats operate. The law is a mere suggestion to them. Their feelings matter over what the people say. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.